everyone, welcome to Oh Wow the Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we're getting into Season 5, Episode 5, Nick. So before I start talking about the episode, on Monday it's Valentine's Day. I hope that you all have a beautiful Valentine's Day. I will be in Europe in April, so I bought some equipment to be able to record the podcast during my trip and tested it out. It sounded pretty good. Um, So in April, I'll still be uploading, but it might sound a little different than the usual microphone quality, but it's fun. It's exciting. So that's what's been going on here as far as podcast and life updates. And let's just talk about Nick. Um, If anyone in a future employment situation is listening to this podcast, I would like to reiterate that any thoughts spoken on this show are in the context of criticizing fictional characters. So if I say things like, I don't give a shit about these men's problems... That's in critique of fictional characters, and I am so empathetic and compassionate to the deep struggles of men in real life. So we open up in this episode to insight into Nick and Maddie's world, because clearly... They were raised by a kind lesbian couple with many cats. Just kidding. Um, It starts with their dad's face on a poster that says winning is everything. And this whole episode, I have so many different thoughts because in my day-to-day life, in my work, I spend a lot of time exploring masculinity And I genuinely do have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, So we see toxic masculinity right off the bat. Nick goes to rugby practice and there's immediately homophobic remarks. Um, Ryder says, or one of the guys, it might be Ryder, says last one to the shower is a homo. And we meet Coach Pooter, who is ranting about apartheid and he's clearly South African, and it's interesting. He seems to be another aggressive male in this world. And yeah, the whole thing, right off the bat, is just like peak toxic masculinity. And we see that their dad is the direct source of all of this. He's, we're back in the kitchen of their home, and their dad is on the phone ranting to a like self-help client it seems like his job is to be like a self-help coach or something and he's saying (laughs) no one loves a crying man like no one's ever gonna love you no wonder your wife left you it's like so awful it's like comedically bad but also it's not even comedic because so many people are raised that way or believe that stuff and obviously it's terrible he has this book that it's all about masculinity and 
It's just awful. And also, like, he's really not a spring chicken, let me just say, the dad. So we see Maddie reading the dad's book, sort of rolling his eyes, and the dad's on the phone saying, suicide is for quitters, Warren, which is, like, awful. And I think that this mindset is really insidious, especially in the United States. I mean, all over the world, like, patriarchy is oppressive, and abusive and violent and necessitates regurgitating these thoughts until you delude yourself into believing them. So he's really just aggressive with his client and I will say they have a nice French press. That's one thing I noticed. Their kitchen's very beautiful. There must be good money in abusing people. Um, in the name of self-help, which, I mean, <laughs> again, not too different from what I do in day-to-day life, so I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't comment. I can kind of see, like, multiple sides of all of these issues in this episode, so I'm being very Gemini about my thoughts here. So anyway, uh, the dad is like, Maddie, if you're going to be back in this house after your mental breakdown and you have to sign this contract that you're going to follow my rules and you're not going to have girls over and you're going to finish your education and you're not going to do this that and the other you're going to be on good behavior and basically forces maddie to sign it and we see that nick is kind of the dad's enabler and like lackey basically he plays the role of the golden child and then maddie's the scapegoat in the family So everything gets blamed on Maddie and Nick is lifted up and that just like reinforces the dad's abuse. And we see Nick is even wearing a tank top that says ALPHA in all capital letters. I'm just like, stop. Like they're being so in your face about it that it's just ridiculous. The dad is like, I'm going to go golfing. We got to take Warren out golfing. And I over the fall was like, I want to meet a new friend to take me golfing and play tennis because I wanted to wear cute little outfits. And I met some people that had played golf and tennis and they were like, no, those are really like toxic environments for men. But I stand by my desire to wear cute little outfits and go play in the sun. So ignoring them and perhaps this summer will be the time that I'll get to do that or maybe in Paris I'll get to play some tennis that would be cute I like the outfits anyway so Nick goes to Maddie's room and makes up with him and is acting just like everything's cool and Maddie pretty straightforward says what about Liv and Nick is acting like he doesn't care. It's no big deal. Like, they were just hooking up. It's whatever. But clearly, we can see in his facial expressions that he really does care, and it's bothering him, and we'll see that through this whole episode. Upon that note, Liv shows up at the house, and Nick is freaking out because the dad forbid Maddie from having girls over, so he's really torn between standing up for his dad and being there for his brother and this whole episode there's this youtube 
channel that I watch, Dr. Les Carter. He's great. And something he talks about a lot in like controlling and demanding abusive relationships is how children will tolerate really bad relationships with their parents because as a child, and even though these guys are, you know, high school age, they're still children, it's scarier to have no relationship with a parent than to have a bad one. So I think Nick has just sort of taken on this role of the enabler because he's scared of having no relationship with his dad and Maddie basically has no relationship with the dad and he's had to like go live on the streets and stuff. And I think Nick is absolutely terrified of that outcome. So anyway, just an interesting little tidbit that I was thinking about. So Liv comes over She and Maddie are having sex very loudly, and Nick is in this weird position where he's, like, angry working out and also has a boner, which is, like, the two feelings that men are allowed to have in toxic masculinity is, like, anger and horny. So he's both of them at the same time, and he's like, I'm gonna go to Minnie's, and I'm gonna fuck, because I have a boner. So he shows up at Minnie's. He looks like such a creep. Like, he is so greasy and gross-looking, trying to look, like, put together. I don't know. It was alarming to me. He shows up at Minnie's house with chocolate and flowers and oils, and it's like, ooh, I'm gonna massage you. Uh, I had a massager guy. It is kind of, like, pervy and weird. (laughs) To be like, I'm going to massage you. (laughs) And then they have terrible sex. Uh, It's a nightmare. I just, we're just going to skip past that because I don't even want to talk about it. Minnie and Nick are not in a loving, tantric, safe, secure place. And that really shows in their sexual dysfunction with each other. We go to school, and there's a guy who looks like Beans from Even Stevens. If you look really quick, on the right side of the screen, if you're paying attention, at this point, there's a guy who looks exactly like Beans, but platinum blonde, and it threw me off for a second. I had to make sure it wasn't him, but I don't believe it is. And we're back. Nick is, like, sort of hanging around with the friend group, but then... Oh, no, he's with Minnie and Liv and Maddie and being like, oh, the four of us can all hang out. Everything's great. Just so blatantly trying to act like things are fine when they're clearly not. It's embarrassing. And then the rugby guys are such dorks and they show up and they're like air humping a rugby ball. Is it a football? I don't know. They're just such dorks. And it's like so high school that oh these are like the popular guys but I have a lot of thoughts on Maddie's reaction to being in this environment as well so I'm not just gonna roast the rugby guys I'm gonna roast everybody don't worry also Minnie gets the Bristol's best for her outfit in this scene she's wearing a hot pink bra with a little fishnet tank top over it and then like a little half sort of black vest thing and then she has jeans heels and a hot pink bag that matches the bra and I just love this so much it's very like Madonna 
inspired, I think, almost. I think it's cute. And there's not a lot of great outfits because it's mostly just Nick in this episode and he's not really a fashion icon by any stretch of the imagination. So we realize that Maddie is in trouble with the school. They're not going to let him back in and... This is an opportunity for Nick to step in and help his brother out, and he does. And so you can see how this dynamic has sort of built their whole life, where Nick, I think, feels obligated to be sort of the good boy and try to do everything right so that he can help Maddie out of these situations, and maybe it's just the way that these two have operated since they were kids. We don't really see anything about their childhood, so... I don't know. We don't really know where this stems from, but it seems like their dad probably pitted them against each other at a young age, and this is how it's come to be. But there are these opportunities for Nick to help out Maddie, and I think that's, like, somewhat sweet, I suppose. Overall, Nick is the epitome of peaking in high school. That's what I wrote in my notes, because after this, he's just talking about how he has everything he needs here in the school and how their dad is great and everything's great and his friends are great and everything's great. (laughs) You're not really convincing anyone, Nick. And he introduces Maddie to the gang formally since Maddie had met everyone at Lives, but everyone was hungover and they were all fucked up on drugs and stuff. So he introduces Maddie to everyone. Maddie and Frankie make eye contact. Maddie has a real intense stare, so he kind of does the stare thing with the like pursed lips looking all like, whoa, man. And there's a little bit of chemistry, I would say, in that moment. And Maddie fits in with everyone immediately, so I feel like Nick just gets irritated that it seems like okay maddie has live and maddie fits in with the friends and maddie doesn't have to follow the dad's rules and how come maddie gets all these benefits from the things that nick feels like he's working for and nick just tries to make jokes and it just doesn't blend with the group and it's just really awkward so we do see that nick can feel like an awkward outsider, but instead of exploring that, he just doubles down and reacts in anger and having sex, and those don't really help him get anywhere. So we're in the locker room, and Ryder's making fun of Maddie, saying he's scrawny, he's a weird little miniature gay, which I'm only laughing because it makes me think of like a miniature pony or something. Um, Also, Maddie's not really that small either, so I'm not really understanding why he would make... I mean, Ryder's, like, smaller than Maddie, so whatever. It's not supposed to make sense. Obviously, he's just being a dickhead. But I'm just like, Ryder, this argument doesn't even make sense. And we see that Ryder is such a scumbag. Like, every single person surrounding Nick is this horribly offensive vile, misogynistic, violent man, and Ryder's just another one of them, saying, oh, like, Liv is just a manky bitch, and these horrible things, and 
so Nick gets really pissed off. Again, he just reacts in anger and sort of shoves Ryder up against the locker, but he can't really say anything because the guys don't know that Nick and Liv were hooking up or that Nick cares about Liv. And Nick waits until they're out on the rugby field and then he smashes Ryder onto the ground and that's like his way of dealing with it is just swallowing his feelings and then lashing out. <sighs> Sigh. So Nick goes in for a massage and I was like, this is kind of weird that the coach is lighting all these candles and I don't know. I don't really know what the purpose of lighting all the candles. I played sports all through school and we had, you know, physical therapists and stuff and they never would like romantically light candles for your sports massage, but whatever. Just a tiny detail I was really focusing on. And he's oiling Nick up and massaging him, saying, I can tell that you're anxious. The coach is just also kind of a dick. Like, no one is emotionally open in a healthy way. It's just like, I can tell you're a depressing story about an anxious guy who's hung up on a girl. And he's not wrong, but... It's not really a productive way to talk about that. So we see that someone's calling Nick out on his bullshit anyway. And then we see Nick watching Maddie and Liv inside this club. He's like a creep just standing. He's obsessed with Liv. He is clearly extremely hung up on Liv and Maddie being together and is still just trying to pretend like everything's okay and the tension is building and building and building. And I guess with the massage, it's like literally the tension is building in his muscles. So he goes inside the club with Minnie. They're acting like, oh, we're this happy couple. Everything's great. But he's just saying the weirdest shit. And that part I can kind of relate to, like when you're really uncomfortable with someone and you just say really awkward shit because you're just so on edge and uncomfortable. To be fair, I definitely do that. Um, but he's like, oh, look, we could all be couples because they're saying, oh, Frankie and Aloe should date since they're the only single ones. And Nick's like, yeah, we could swing and shit. And everyone's just like, ew, what? And Grace goes, ew. <laughs> I thought it was funny, I thought. And then... Just his mindset really comes out when he's like, so Aloe, who do you want to date? Like, what are you looking for? You got to set your mind on the prey and then know their weaknesses and attack them and like get them. And that's a, a horrible way to think about dating. Uh, you're not a predator. Th comparing yourself. <laughs> this is where. Okay, next week I'm talking with Felicia and we're doing an in-betweeners episode. And this is where I feel like in in-betweeners they'd be like, May, like comparing yourself to a predator isn't a great look. Like, it's just not great. Anyway, I'm really excited to talk about in-betweeners because <laughs> they would make a joke out of this. Anyway, moving on. He goes up to live at the bar and he's starting to talk shit about Maddie. And this is the, oh uh, God, it's like, you could just tell he was raised in this manipulative, abusive environment. And it just makes me think about people. And 
how he's so willing to throw his brother under the bus just to try to make himself look good with Liv. It's so schmarmy. I hate it. And Liv does not take it for one second, though. She's like, listen, we fucked twice. There is no us. So get over it. And Minnie's pathetic for staying with you. And you're just as pathetic for acting like everything's okay. Like, you two deserve each other. And so she kind of is a badass. I really like Liv standing up for herself to Nick and not letting him manipulate her. It's great. I wish I was as much of a boss bitch as Liv, but I kind of do the freeze and fawn response instead with guys when I'm uncomfortable. I'm just like, ha yeah. <laughs> and that's why I have a Cassie tattoo and not a Liv tattoo, because Liv is too cool for me. Anyway, so Nick is pissed off about all this and he's like, fine, time to get wasted. And we do the skins thing where he orders like 12 shots, gets completely drunk, throws up in the bathroom, stumbles out to see Minnie and Ryder dancing. Minnie's like trying to make Nick jealous. And for a second, it was giving me like Cook at the party when Cook attacks the random guy. And I thought, is Nick going to punch some random person because he's pissed? But he doesn't do that. He just confronts Minnie, and let me take a second to explore the Cook versus Nick difference, because a lot of people compare those two, since they are both representations of toxic masculinity, but I feel like Cook is more the guy you can sympathize with, because he was raised, like, on the streets, clearly had no money. We saw his dad living on the boat and just getting drunk all day and with Nick he was raised sort of in that proper like we have a nice home and we go to school and we do things right and we don't punch strangers at a bar because that's gonna get you arrested like Cook but Cook just doesn't give a shit he's so out of out there and does not fit into the norms at all so maybe it's like Cook just has a little more character depth or something. Like, Nick really has no depth that we've seen so far. And he doesn't really have a personality. That's the thing, is even Maddie sort of has this brooding, sarcastic demeanor that he takes on, which I find... I don't know if I have mentioned this or not in this episode, but I don't think that Maddie's response to the environment they were raised in is any less toxic masculinity. I think it's just another variant of it. And I think that guys who are raised with this sort of toxic male role model that choose to take on, oh, I'm just going to be really moody and introverted and brooding and sarcastic to everyone and bitter to everyone. I'm like, you're not really any more interesting and you're not doing anything to help anyone. You're just sulking. <laughs> Which not everyone gets to do. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. I have a lot of thoughts. This episode might make some people angry with me because I have a lot of thoughts on this that are not super like touchy-feely towards these guys. 
I do hope that they'll open up and become more emotionally available and expressive and sort of go deeper into themselves and work on becoming better people, but we're not really seeing any effort to do that at this point. Anyway, that's my little TED talk on that. So, many finally says fuck you to nick which is a relief like the that needs to get aired out at some point she says i know you fucked my best friend so fuck you and good for you minnie being a little confrontational proud of you nick runs to the rugby field because where else will he turn to and he and maddie are sort of facing off on the field and he says that everything's Maddie's fault and Maddie's ruining his life and Maddie sort of fires back with, you ruin your own life, which is true. They go home and they see their dad fleeing in the middle of the night, basically. The dad's like, my client Warren killed himself and now I'm getting interrogated. And the dad's like, the problem is the blame culture. That's the problem here. It's not me. I'm not the problem. Like, my horrible attitude isn't the problem. It's just the blame culture. Great. It's like the guys that are like, oh, I can't even flirt with my coworker anymore because I'm going to get hashtag me too'd. And it's like, everyone's just so sensitive now. And I'm like, no... You can just grow as a person and stop being an asshole. And that's like the whole theme of this episode is you can be an asshole and then grow and stop being an asshole. (laughs) So I hope that's what happens. And the dad tells Nick to grow up and then he leaves. And Nick is so furious that he takes a golf club. He smashes up the house and then Maddie sees it and is like, go run away. He'll take the blame for it. And again, we see how their brother dynamic works. And Nick just runs down the street. He's in his hot mess era. He gets drunk outside Liv's house And is like, you're the only one who understands me. And she tells him to go home because clearly this is not the solution to his problems and begging for Liv to sleep with him or spend time with him is not going to solve anything. And she seems to like Maddie. So he's standing in the street, just looking all bedraggled and drunk, and this random woman, I love how Skins just throws in like a mystery person every couple episodes to sort of white rabbit, lead someone away down the rabbit hole. And this woman asks if he's okay. He says his name is Maddie, so he's gonna be trying to be more reckless and dangerous and sort of live as Maddie does and he goes to her home and snorts a bunch of coke with her I'm guessing it's coke could not be but I think it is and he seems to be enjoying that and then he sees the pictures of the kids and that makes it weird and then they bang and it's like predatory older woman drugging a teenager and having sex with him which is not great he's really in his i wrote he's in his tony era when tony meets 
Elizabeth at the school and they just like get fucked up and have sex to like clear his mental blocks and help him grow as a person except at least Elizabeth was his age and not an older woman and this is I also wrote in my notes this is where I learned the life lesson that doing coke and banging strangers will solve your problems thank you skins for the valuable life lessons in my teenage days um so that doesn't work though and that leads to more problems doing coke and banging strangers doesn't really do much except get you fucked up just so you guys know and so he goes to the swing set to contemplate frankie meets him there as they say they live around the corner and I don't know. I just feel no sympathy for him because he's just wallowing. And Frankie's like, you're not a complete dick. And I'm just like, why are we reassuring him? You know, or maybe that's maybe that's the lesson that I'm supposed to pick up is that like he just needed a little bit of kindness. But I'm like... Frankie was bullied so badly and does not do the self-pity thing nearly as much. I don't know. But then again, Frankie has like a supportive home life. So maybe I shouldn't compare and contrast. But I just have a really hard time feeling bad for Nick, like dejectedly staring out, getting Frankie to comfort him. But whatever. That's nice of Frankie. And I'm sure he appreciates that. And so he goes to rugby. He tells the coach, I hate this bullshit and I fucking hate Ryder, but I don't hate you. And the coach tells him that he's got to fight back and that just... (laughs) We're not even going to get into it, but like... Basically, he says, you can't run away from your problems and you need to fight all this stuff and okay sure so he says to the coach fuck you and the coach is all like proud of him for standing up for himself (laughs) although i'm just like is this progress (laughs) like saying fuck you instead of punching someone i guess that's progress okay he goes home and confronts his dad and he says stop being such a cunt and like again is this progress is this is this what i'm supposed to be so proud of i i'm really drawing a blank here with like empathy but i guess i'm just (laughs) me not an empath crickets chirping like okay um so now the dad is like okay you guys are ganging up on me is that what it is and we really see the house of cards fall that the dad has relied on these two brothers being pitted against each other in order to continue his abuse. And now that they've teamed up against him, things are going to have to change because it is the two of them against him. He's outnumbered. So they go outside, they burn all of the dad's books and the contract and they chug a beer in the flames. And it's like, okay, you stood up to your dad. That's good. He's an abusive piece of shit. You should stand up to him. That's good. What is anyone doing to be a better person? I don't know. (laughs) I guess we'll have to see how it develops. But, like, 
no one really did anything except go from like punching to yelling <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm being cynical and too hard on them but again they're fictional characters i would love for them to become lovely great kind compassionate empathic expressive people and i'm rooting for that to be the trajectory and like maybe maybe the tides will turn and i'll be won over by them but as of yet i'm not super impressed i guess we'll see what happens next week in the aloe episode which i remember loving that episode the party it's gonna be a fun one so yeah and i uploaded all the old youtube videos or all the ones that i was behind on they're up on youtube so all the episodes are up to date there and you can also check out at oh wow the podcast on instagram and yeah we'll be back next week i hope you guys had fun listening to this episode i don't know maybe it brought back your own thoughts of school days and toxic men and god Ugh. i just try to get that energy out of my life i just want nothing to do with it so have a good week see you next friday thanks bye